Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Seba, Spell, Shao, Kanto, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quanshi, Shinnok, Sabrina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Doraicho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Dan, Kenji, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vandavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tribe, Setrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I am your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Today, I've got a buddy who already has a very strong base of Mortal Kombat knowledge, so much so that she brought over like <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the album, on CD. It lives in her car. Uh, journalist. I didn't even ask how you'd like to be introduced. Journalist. Um, uh, I... Bon vivant. Mm. Um, I dabble in karaoke sometimes. Karaoke I, artist. Oh, I'm a uh, a big champion of this documentary series called The Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, justice for Han. Hashtag Justice for Han. Uh, president and Get CEO. Jen Yamato. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm great. Although, uh, thank. By the way, thank you for having me yes. on this wonderful program. Happy to. Um, you were on the list from I'm day one. I'm a fan of this program. I'm a fan of a lot of people you've had on this program. Um, Who would you I, say you like the least of the guests that have been on the show? Yeah, that would definitely be and and also them. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, no one, no one's really much of a fan. Um, I will say I. I I, w- I I thought maybe walking into your studio mm-hmm. um, to record this, we might find a CD player so I could play that CD that lives in my car of the Mortal Kombat, the album CD, which is probably one of the best um, uh, purchases I've ever made in my entire life. I'd say inarguably. What year did yeah. you buy Mortal Kombat, the album? Uh, oh, very, very late. Okay. I happened ac- across it. And we have not parted ways since. Wow. Yeah. That is special. Mm-hmm. I've got a few things like that. Totems. Mm-hmm. I have like four copies of Xanadu on vinyl. because four, four copies? Yeah. Because when I was going to school in Tallahassee, Florida, for some reason, every record store in town had Xanadu, yeah. as well as Two of a Kind, the other John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John sense. movie, which is not half the film that Xanadu is. Um, and so, uh, I just, I just picked them up any chance. Just I in had. case. Right. Uh, just in case. And I will say I have not come across Xanadu on vinyl since, and I definitely haven't come across the two of a kind soundtrack. But you would buy it if you, if you found it again. It feels necessary. Now it feels like if you saw another like copy thing, of Mortal Kombat, to. the album, you'd probably get oh, it. Oh yeah. Right? I would yeah. need it just in case my current copy. Yeah. You know, knock on wood, it should ever. Right. I, I hope it should. Yeah, it's just this. It's the smart thing to do. You know. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as long as we have CD players to play them. Yes. And record players well, to play. I realize now. Well, I I do have a record player, 
Um, I realize now that the CD player that I do have is probably my PlayStation 4, and that is ah. that probably will play CDs. Mm-hmm. And my car. Those are the two things that yeah. I own that play CDs. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this little snippet of, of audio will... Oh, it'll come across. See, it's, it's, you know, you texted it's essential. Me, you essential. texted me that clip with a video of you holding up the CD, and it reminded <laughs> me of that movie Caché, where like, they just keep receiving videos of the front of their house, because I was like, oh, that's definitely my street. <laughs> She's here. That's how I like to announce myself. Yeah, send people a video of the front of their home. <laughs> While well, listening to Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you listen to Mortal Kombat, the album in your car, does it make you want to fight? Does it make you want mm. to cheer someone else on as they fight? Uh, excellent question. Yeah. By the way, did we leave it over? We left it over there. It is. It's in the living room. Um, it makes it depending on which track I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it makes you feel different things because each track on this album, which was released, I believe, for the 1994 video game. Oh, when Mortal Kombat 2 came out. Yeah. Oh, on more on Mortal Monday. I don't. I don't know. It it was released. So I think it was right. made almost. Well, on the album it says 1992, but I think it oh. made, maybe made it to to home fans a couple of years later. Um, but each track, most of the tracks are different character tracks, and then there's they all get their own a theme, theme song? song. Yeah. Does Melina have one? No, she's not in that Okay. One. Spoilers. Um, We're talking about Melina today. Oh, that's right. Yes, we are. Yeah. For your request, I put her on ice until you were ready. I appreciate that because I know like you have had so many episodes and so many characters come by and I'm sure everybody was like, when's, when's it going to be Melina's turn? A lot of people were asking, Yeah, but you know what? You got to be patient because Melina appeared in Mortal Kombat 2 for the first time. And this is the season of Mortal Podcast where we're talking about those characters. So got two episodes left, Mm -hmm. Melina and Mm -hmm. Kwai Lang, Sub-Zero, they're left. And so uh, we're we're going Melina. Ooh, who's doing your next episode? Uh, Steve Zaragoza. Oh. Um, one last note about the album. Um, it did feature the track Techno Syndrome, which oh, yeah. then became the famous Mortal Kombat theme. So it all started here on this one album made by a Belgian industrial <laughs> duo. Um, yeah, I guess I never really <laughs> took the time to do much research into the people responsible for the music we now know as Mortal Kombat music, but... It's, that a, is it's like a, I don't know what that era would have been called. Is it be like techno, like electro industrial? Or... Not electro. Electro no. was way cooler sounding. Came much later. <laughs> industrial sounds right. Industrial. Yeah, because uh, you know you hear a lot of clanging pipes and uh, beams and, and I cross did, um, beams. Uh, I did dig up a fun fact for you okay. regarding this album. Hit me. Um, the duo that did the music is also known by the band name Lords of Weezer. Acid. Lords of Acid? Lords of Acid. Wow. And <clears throat> this is f- another tidbit from their Wikipedia. Lords of Acid's many, many soundtrack credits include Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Holy shit. Strange Days. That makes sense. Bad Lieutenant and Virtuosity. Three out of those four make a lot of sense to me. I really want to know which music cue in The Spy Who Shagged Me, which I rewatched <laughs> like not that long ago. <laughs> it's from that band. Yeah, because I had my birthday party when the Austin Powers bar opened up in Glendale. <laughs> I had my birthday there, and uh, so I rewatched the Austin Powers trilogy. Of course, of course. 
Um, and I cannot for the life of me think of a music cue that sounded even remotely like Mortal Lords Kombat music. Lords of Acid. Lords of Acid. Shit, mm-hmm. that rules. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so Jen. I'm very excited about Melina because um, the other thing that I have come to learn from listening to your fine program is that this is a, a podcast in which you talk at your friends about different characters from from Mortal Kombat lore. And, and I am always curious if those people actually know what they're in for when they take this seat opposite you. I'm going to say never. <laughs> I'm going to say not once. Well, I'm even, ready. <laughs> even Aaron and Justin, who had listened to... Well, Aaron had listened to every episode. Yeah, Halfway also. through, he was like, you actually know all this stuff? Well, I noticed... I want to, to tell the, the, the readers, the listeners mm-hmm. at home, Ben has no no hard-bound leather notebooks in front mm-hmm. of him full of like meticulous notes and scribblings. Uh, it's all just in his noggin. Uh, so, Jen, before we get into talking about Melina... Uh, if you've been listening to the show, then I'm sure you know that this season there's a segment called Friendship in which I talk to my guests about how we became friends. I remember the night we met. <laughs> do you? I do. But Jen, do you remember how we became friends? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we met the year that I moved to LA uh, in line at the New Art Theater for a screening of Miami Connection. My, oh my gosh. That screen. I remember it vividly. Yeah. Um, including, of course, the part where we met. Obviously, I yes. remember that as yeah. I remembered it five seconds ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Miami Connection. What a what a special film. I remember that we were waiting in the line and YK Kim showed up. Mm-hmm. Grandmaster uh, YK Kim, Grandmaster your YK best friend. Kim, our best friend. Yep. He showed up, at the, the star of the film, Miami Connection. He showed up, and uh, I remember that like you said, hi, I'm Jen, and I said, hi, I'm Ben. And then immediately <laughs> he walked up, and you turned and shook his hand, and then we spent like 10 minutes talking about how yeah. cool it was that we just met <laughs> Grandmaster YK Kim. Uh, I actually had met him previously um, okay. before that at Fantastic Fest. I love that film. I love the story of that film, so I came out to the when they, they showed it here. And um, after that night, after the night that you and I met at the New Art, uh, I had lunch with Grandmaster YK Kim oh at a God. sushi spot in West Hollywood near the Sunset Five, whatever that place is called. Yeah, I think. Well, I think mm-hmm. it's still the Sun. I think now it's the AMC Sunset. It, Five. Yeah, it's AMC Sunset. Uh, I know that sushi place. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was just there with Aaron Moorhead. <laughs> really? Yes. When yeah. we went to see The Dead Don't Die, and then didn't realize we were both in the same theater until we were walking out, and Aaron yelled <laughs> "Ben," and I turned around. Uh, and then yeah, he and, and Amy and Kirby and I went to get some sushi. The city is the tiniest. It's extremely large and extremely mm-hmm. small. You guys might have sat in the same seats as YK Kim and and. I, it's possible. And yeah. Did you guys have your backs to the bar? I don't. I don't recall. <laughs> what did YK Kim order? A sushi. Oh, a sushi. Okay. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, a good yeah. movie. Good flick. Check but it is, you know, us, us meeting in line at a movie is another good example of how big and how small mm-hmm, the city mm-hmm, can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've stayed friends for so long. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that we both love karaoke and both do karaoke all the time, have never done karaoke Excuse together. Excuse me. I don't know where my invitation to karaoke has gotten lost in the mail. Well, see, so I work too much. And a lot of the times when I make 
when I get an excuse to do karaoke, it's because I've bullied my coworkers into doing a work trip to karaoke. I've done this dozens and dozens of times. I will say <laughs> that it's very likely the only way I've gone to karaoke for the last like five years. I, I relate very heavily. To yeah. That. Sometimes you just got to make it work, but I think make your friends go. Comic-Con always seemed like the likeliest place we would do karaoke together. And I feel like we've had a lot of near misses. Uh, so that's enough of karaoke <laughs> podcast. Is it? No, it's never <laughs> enough, but we'll have to save that for the next show. All right. We need to make some time to talk about Melina. Oh, right, Melina. Mm-hmm. Can't um, forget about Melina like everybody else seems to. I know. Literally everyone. That's a big part of her story. I know. I'll ask you before we dive in, uh, you said that Melina is your favorite character in Mortal Kombat, um, or at least that she was the one that you want to talk about. I assume she's your favorite. I've, I don't know that I have like a favorite, like I have a favorite, I don't know, mm-hmm. Newsies. Right. Character. Obviously. You don't have a favorite. I do. Oh, but you do. I don't know it's crutchy. I... <laughs> Ever crutchy's everybody's favorite. Everyone loves crutchy. Oh, wow. That's a real character. It's <laughs> genuinely wow. named crutchy. Um, <laughs> he's got a crutch. I don't know. Yeah, he's know? got a crutch, of course. Uh, Back um, then, you called it like you seed it. <laughs> I, um, I find Melina really interesting. I think she's one of the most intriguing characters because of all the stuff she's had to put up with in her life just to get to the point where she exists in mortal Kombat in the timeline that we know yeah no she is um she's a trip she definitely is one of the most interesting stories i would say bar none of all the mortal Kombat characters in part because she's been around for so long but also because she always makes decisions that send the story creating in insane directions and drives the plot a lot of the time so, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Do you have a, uh, have you been playing Mortal Kombat since the franchise began? Do you play the modern games? Um, most, uh, and I think I've heard some of your other guests say something similar. Is like, I, my familiarity with the Mortal Kombat universe, uh, had a lot to do with the movies mm-hmm. and with the arcade games that I would see out in the world as a child. Um, the, in fact, the arcade games have uh, a lot to do with your origin story. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love that that was like Little Ben's, one of Little Ben's like first, well, in my mind when I'm hearing you, you tell this story, like the way that your your mind, your imagination was captured oh, yeah. at the expansiveness, by the expansiveness of the entire world and the stories and characters. I love that. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... One of my earliest memories of any arcade setup was seeing uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 at Galaxy Skateway in, I think, Margate, Florida, (laughs) Um, and staring at the screen and being like, oh, there's a robot and a ninja, and they're fighting in a desert, and there's a, like, lizard man. This is easily (laughs) the coolest thing anyone's ever invented. I didn't skate at all. I just stood in front of the machine. (laughs) Um, yeah. So were you also intrigued as a kid kind of by the arcade cabinets? Yeah. Well, you know, like I think for any kid, a lot of the same things drew your, your attention, you know, the monsters, the fighting, the brutality of the fighting. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people who were introduced to Mortal Kombat, either through the games or the movie were of an age where like you want to be like bad and see like R rated movies or see like, see like, uh, uh, more mature things than you're probably supposed to be. Um, 
you I, know playing with or seeing i will say my mom was always weirdly cool with me seeing like violence and stuff when i was like five i finished watching all the universal monster movies and i was like mom are there any more monster movies we can get from the library and she's like well predator i remember being pretty good <laughs> so i watched that amazing and like and then i was like well now what she's like well aliens somehow tied to predator i think so i like watched those wait was that before they actually crossed over yeah she just kind of like she inferred that they were related. It. Or I did. I wow. think it was her. I think she was like, I guess, next to check out Alien. Because I remember sitting in the library and they had like rooms where you could put in VHS tapes mm. and watch them there. And I was like watching Alien 3 in a library and was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Because I was like six years old. I was like, watch an alien. She was like, that's a torso just sliding across <laughs> the floor. You can't watch that. I was like, well, I don't know. My mom said it was fine. So I think, I do think like I probably went into Mortal Kombat thinking like, oh, it's I'm probably allowed to see this. She sent me to see Event Horizon at the movie theater with my <laughs> friends when I was like six, seven years old. Wow, your mom's cool. Yeah. Cool mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the movies, because movies were yeah. a big thing for me when I was a kid. Naturally. Uh, and genre movies also, specifically. Yeah. Um, although as the, as the techno-industrial album of the, you know, the music that I brought in, um, kind of reminds me all the time is is those movies were so of a t- of their time and yeah i'm a little bit afraid to like rewatch them i mean i do, say mortal, do they hold up mortal kombat the original movie i think held up pretty well because the puppetry is still like really good on goro the bad cg is the kind of bad cg where it's like fun to watch not like bad cg from like 10 years ago or 15 years ago where you're like oh this is too almost there and it bothers me and the story is basically like the tournament story yeah still yeah it's mostly pretty faithful to the first mortal Kombat. um as someone pointed out to me after i got it wrong recently on aaron and justin's episode um they do go to outworld in the first mortal Kombat movie whereas in the first game the tournament took place like in earth realm on shang song's island um but I think it held up pretty well because it's just a remake of Enter the Dragon, just like mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. more monsters. magic and monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The second one is still like pretty close to unwatchable. Like it's just not good. I mean, they have more characters in it, so if you just want to like see more characters brought to life, yeah. you can. But characters like Melina, she, I actually, she in Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Wow, what does she even do in that movie? Not much. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where like Baraka shows up for like 14 seconds or like a few Tarkatans show up. I had a question. I wondered if you knew the answer. Why is Raiden's name spelled differently in the movies? Oh, I have no idea. I think a producer just like fucked up. (laughs) I really do. Because like there's no reason it's pronounced the same. (laughs) It's possible that, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like some racist producer was like, R-A-I is not how we spell Ray here. It's R-A-Y. So we're putting it that way in the movie. It's probably just like one dude's like weird hang up. <laughs> he just insisted all Somebody the way down. Somebody messed up. That's the best guess I have. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems to make the most sense. It's a good informed guess. You're you're in the movies. You're in the pictures. Yeah, business. I'm, you in, know the, how things I'm work. in the motion picture business. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about Katana. Uh, sorry, about uh, Melina. See, I was getting ahead everybody of myself. Everybody wants to talk about Katana all the time. It's never Melina's turn. Well. You know, in fairness, Melina is a clone of Katana. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, going back to when Melina was created, some backstory that you need to understand is that uh, in Mortal Kombat, there's multiple dimensions. There's Earth Realm, where we live. 
There's Edenia, which is like Eden. It's a beautiful place. People are hot. They live a long time. They can do magic. And there's Outworld, which is like a dystopian wasteland of dragons and monsters and this horrible emperor named Shao Kahn who rules over everybody. So Shao Kahn conquered Edenia, kidnapped Katana, the princess there, when she was just a wee, a wee babe, and started raising her as his own daughter in Outworld. But he was always suspicious that she'd one day figure out she's not from Outworld and she's not his daughter and would turn on him. Something he became more and more worried about as time went on because he was training her to be his bodyguard. So she became extremely good at murder. He was like, I need a backup plan. So he had his own sorcerer, this guy Shang Tsung. And he said to Shang Tsung, hey, can you make me like a backup katana who's loyal to me using magic? Just clone her. And Shang Tsung was like, no problem. I'm going to clone katana uh, and I'll do you one better. I'm going to splice her DNA with Tarkatan DNA. Tarkatans are these vicious mutants that live out in the wastelands of Outworld. They got spears that come out of their arms. They've got sharp fangs. They eat people. They're crazy. It's like, I'll splice some of their DNA. And so you'll get a katana who's more loyal to you and loves to do murder. <laughs> and uh, Shao Kahn is like, I see no issues with this plan. Let's do it. So uh, yeah, Shang Tsung went down to his lab in Shao Kahn's uh, his castle. A lab that is called the Flesh Pits. Yeah, with like capital F. Yeah, right? it's pretty grody. Yeah, it's the nice. Flesh Pits. It's very. It's like you can smell it. Mm-hmm. You really can. Mm-hmm. You're like that mm-hmm. smells like a Halloween horror night's maze for sure. <laughs> that's that's where your head was at, right? Oh no, charred reminds, flesh. I really want to go to Halloween horror night soon, and think that just reminds me, it's always crowded. Yeah, I, people. I decided not to go to Halloween horror nights this year, and I did not Scary Farm instead, oh. and it was way too crowded but i still had a really good time but not scary farm is kind of not scary no it's pretty scary this year i thought okay i don't know i had a really good time i thought it was fun i mean we started the night out waiting in line for like an hour and a half for something which was a nightmare but after that we never waited more than like 40 minutes so it got better i don't know what the deal was another shot yeah um anyway sorry the flesh pits the flesh pits so uh the flesh pits they smell like Halloween horror night's maze um (laughs) Shang Tsung's down there. He's doing science, and he makes Melina. She looks just like the the beautiful and deadly Princess Katana, except for the fact that she has sharp fangs. And uh, in addition to really liking murder, she likes to eat people like the Tarkatans do. So she's like super dangerous, super deadly. And prettier than her sister. Um, If she's wearing her mask. <laughs> Yeah, they have a whole weird thing with her in the games where, like, if she has her mask on, it's like a Clark Kent thing. No one can, yeah. You no think one can it's tell. Katana because she's literally yep. a clone. And then there's, there's always a lot that of, like, yeah. mistaken identity. Oh, moments. lots. You got to have them. It's a big part of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that L plot forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so Chao Kahn, you know, takes one look at Melina and says, Yeah, so I'm going to raise you in the basement. Um, God, from the start, you know? Yeah. She never really had a strong foundation uh Mm -hmm. good parenting out the window she was also born as like a fully grown adult i believe Mm -hmm. um i mean adult size it's all relative in the world of edenians because they live for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years so while that's a really good point though yeah so while she was made to look like an adult like even katana at that time was maybe a hundred years old and that is kind of like being an adolescent we don't know what kind of jerk katana was when she was five years old yeah you know, we should cut Melina more of a break is my point. Yeah, I agree. But you know, yeah. she was raised by a, a psychotic fascist god emperor. 
um, who said, I need you to spend your entire life stalking Princess Katana, who looks just like you. She's your sister. Don't ever let her know you exist. But if uh, you ever think she's on the track to finding out the truth about her heritage, just kill her. And then you can be my daughter for real. And that's the like insane, manipulative, abusive uh, mentality that Melina was raised with. So this is one of the reasons why I was hoping to do Melina uh, uh, when I was able to come on your show. And I'm really talk worried about you're her. about to say because it's a lot like my girl. No, no, because I feel like she's misunderstood and yeah. is the character most in need of therapy. And I feel a lot of, you know, I, I feel a lot of sympathy for her. For someone who's painted as a monster that just loves to kill and, and is much hypersexualized, is insanely hypersexualized yeah. to to the extent that it got a lot better in the last couple of games, and it wasn't so bad at the very beginning. But there was a middle stretch where all the characters got like really hypersexualized, and Melina has a costume that's just like a few strips of toilet yeah. paper. It is. It's around, like around uh, her it's like she's like Lilu in Fifth Element trying to like. I would go as far as to say it's worse than Lilu. Yeah. Because yeah. the costume, like it, the the her wrap around her her boobs is only as wide as like her nipples. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it is pretty gross. <laughs> so like she has this terrible dad. She's she got to live in the basement. Stalk her sister who never wants to be her friend. Who gets to have a real life. She yeah, gets to watch her sister have a real life and gets to be a princess. Yeah. I mean, what kind of complex would that give any person? And you don't get to wear clothes for years. It's probably freezing. You know? Yeah. I don't know what the climate's like in our world because they got climate changed to all hell by Shao Kahn. Yeah. It, was, it used to be lush and beautiful and then he like sapped it of its energy and made it a wasteland. So it might be pretty hot and dry. And she's also maybe like her part lizard people parts. Yeah. Like make her cotton. acclimatize a little bit more easily yeah they do live out in the desert already but you know desert it's a difficult climate to get used to because it's really hot during the day really cold at night so i would venture i would say it's fair to say that melina probably got cold at night all the time growing up that's see (laughs) yeah and who knows how many blankets she had down there in the flesh pits probably not many none it's not the blanket pits none unless they were made out of skin yeah they're probably like she yeah vanquished yeah here have this guy's back skin we cut a nice like sheet of it Gross. See? No one wants that. So I I hope that um, on this episode, what we accomplish is really re-examining who we know Melina to be. Well, if you've listened to the show at all, you know that by the end of it, we're going to be making all sorts of excuses for Melina. So <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, so here's where her story really kicks off. So Melina, you know, grows up stalking Katana. And that's pretty much it. And the whole time that she's doing that, she sees herself as Shao Kahn's true daughter because she's like, well, he is my dad. He created me. And literally no one else. And no one else. She's like, yeah. she only she, she only gets to think that she's his daughter. I'm his real daughter. At the same time, in her twisted mentality, she also really wants to kill Shao Kahn and overthrow him and take over Outworld. I think it's, it's um, you know, it's like scared animal kind of response, that instinctual, like, fight or flight there's the part of her that's like i want to run away and have this person's life run away from my duties at the same time i want to destroy my manipulator like destroy my dad i I always like that about her she's ambitious she is she's definitely the most ambitious person well i mean shao might give her a good run for her money but she's extremely ambitious and that is true through her entire story Mm -hmm. it motivates all of her choices 
so that's pretty much her life for a long time is just stalking and waiting and planning and wishing and being bummed out and wearing uh, sheets of skin at and night wishing. to stay warm. <laughs> and then uh, Shao Kahn, you know, he's on his own mission, which is to conquer all the realms. He's trying to conquer Earthrealm by defeating them in 10 Mortal Kombat tournaments in a row. Um, that's the rule. Quick question. Yes. Have you, in all of these episodes, figured out why? Why Shao Kahn wants to conquer the why realms? Why Shao Kahn? Mm-hmm. I think there is a crazy, deep, and huge answer to that question, which is that it's out of his control. He's motivated to want to reunify the realms because deep lore... In the world of Mortal Kombat, there were the Elder Gods, mm-hmm. and there was the One Being at the mm-hmm. beginning of time. Mm-hmm. The Elder Gods said, the One Being, you're too powerful. We don't like him. We're going to split him up. So they chopped him up. They chopped him up yep. with Kamidogu daggers, and they turned him into all the different yep. realms. So our dimension, Outworld, Edenia, they're all pieces of the One Being. We're living in this guy's leg. We're living in this guy's leg. Yeah. And I think in a very meta-textual sense, the reason Shao Kahn wants to conquer the realms is because there is a... I mean, if we're literally like atoms in in the one being those atoms want to be pulled together they're compelled Mm -hmm. to be pulled together which is why i think when you talk about the villains in mortal Kombat, the people that we see as villains they all have aspirations of conquering the realms they all wage war across the realms i think it's out of their control i think we see them as villains in our like tiny little ant world but if you zoom all the way out to the one being level the one being is someone who was cut up into a bunch of pieces and those pieces want to come back together so he can be the one being again so it's in shotgun's nature yeah his nature compels him mm-hmm. to reunify it's just his methods are you know yeah questionable and you could argue why him and nobody else but i think it's random mm-hmm. i think it because the, he's uh, he originally was meant to be a god in charge of protecting outworld and he abandoned that duty to instead be a conqueror raiden the god put in charge of earth realm he never decided to conquer the realms so I think it's just a you know, random selection. Maybe it's a strength of the will thing. Interesting. But I do think yeah. it all comes back to that like crazy, like huge concept of us all being a part of a celestial being that was mm-hmm. cut up to pieces mm-hmm. and became dimensions. Um, so within that mythology, in order for any of the realms to merge with one another, they have to win 10 Mortal Kombat tournaments in a row, a rule that makes tons of sense. And so uh, Shao Kahn is on like tournament 10 with Earthrealm when he loses... And he's pissed, so he insists on doing a do-over tournament on his home turf. And he makes all the Earthrealm warriors come to Outworld for another fighting tournament. And that's where uh, Melina's life kind of changes, when her pattern gets broken. So while Melina is following Katana through Outworld, where all these Earthrealmers have now come, she notices that Katana is spending a lot of time around the Earthrealmers. And she realizes that Katana has not only already found out about the truth of her heritage... Um, without Melina noticing, she's planning on defecting to Earthrealm. So Melina finally gets what she's kind of been waiting for, the opportunity to strike and to kill Katana. So Melina reveals herself. She says, hey, I'm a fucking clone. I'm going to kill you and replace you. And Katana's like, you are a freak. You're a monster. And fights her. And uh, Katana wins and kills Melina. It's tragic. So Melina's dead. But in the but world, is, of, in the world of Mortal right. Kombat, no one's really dead dead. Right. Uh, her soul is transported to another one of the realms, the Nether Realm, which is basically hell. And the rules for why people's souls go there is a little confusing. 
Sometimes it seems like it's the same way that hell works in our mythologies, which is like when you die, if you're bad, you go to hell. But sometimes it seems like deals have to be made with necromancers who are brokering the souls of the dead. That makes a little more sense to me, especially for what winds up happening to Melina as soon as she gets to the nether realm. So she awakens in the nether realm. She looks around. She's like, oh, it's even hotter here than it was in the outworld, probably. Um, and <laughs> she's immediately... Good thing I'm not wearing any clothes. <laughs> and so uh, she immediately gets recruited by a fallen elder god, this guy named Shinnok, who back at the dawn of time, when the elder gods split up all the realms, he was like, let's all pick one, right, guys? And they were like, okay, we don't like you, Shinnok. And he wound up trying to fight them and overthrow them, and they banished him to the nether realm. So he's been waiting in the nether realm for his chance to strike. And uh, more specifically, he's been waiting for this whole like Shao Kahn thing to blow over so that he can wait until the dimensions are kind of weakened and then strike. This is where it kind of feels like greek mythology it gets pretty greeky yeah, yeah i'd say yeah. so so yeah melina is recruited by shinnok and his little sorcerer buddy quan chi who are like hey melina help us out um we're gonna go conquer all of the realms and melina's like all the realms like even the ones katana's in and they're like yeah dude whatever sure <laughs> so uh so they say to melina like hey why don't you go observe the rest of shao khan's you know, campaign, see how it goes. And when someone in the war between Outworld and Earthrealm has lost, that's when we'll strike. You just let us know. And Melina's like, yeah, dude, you got it. So she goes back up to Earthrealm. She watches Shao Kahn finally get defeated and uh, presumably killed. She watches Katana then, while Shao Kahn is weakened, liberate Edenia, the realm that she originated from, and sort of take over and start rebuilding. And she reports back to Shinnok and Quan Chi, and she's like, hey, uh, I got a great idea. Why don't we start with Edenia and fucking strike there? Because they're the weakest. They're just starting to rebuild. Uh, and Shinnok and Quan Chi are like, great idea. Let's do it. Melina can't wait to help. So uh, they contact a traitorous Edenian, this lady Tanya. She opens a portal in Edenia. I love that her name's just Tanya. It's just Tanya. <laughs> I mean, at least it's Tanya with a Y, which feels a little spicier, but uh, not really. <laughs> She's Tanya. Um, so yeah, with, with this traitorous Edenian's help, they open up a portal in Edenia. The uh, demons of the nether realm, in addition to like Melina and Quan Chi, they spill out. They immediately conquer Edenia before it even has a real chance to, uh, to rebuild. And Katana gets locked up. And Melina goes to her prison cell immediately and is like, looks like you got everything you wanted, huh? Huh? Must be so great to be a princess with your nothing now. And she's taunting her. Um, but Melina, being a very bloodthirsty person, it's never enough for her to just, you know, have an emotional victory. She wants to kill Katana. She still wants to taste that blood. So she unlocks Katana's <laughs> cell and says, yo, fight me. Let's do this. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and Katana kicks her ass. <laughs> but this time, Katana, being obnoxiously Katana, says, I don't want to kill you. I'm going to lock you up. I bet I'm going to change your heart one day. So she just kind of trades places and locks Melina in the cell and is like, one day, one day you'll change your heart. I like that. You know, I like it. I guess looking at it from Melina's perspective, I'd probably rather die. Right. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Melina is like, you know, she's a very hard edged person. She's very hyper focused on killing Katana. And then not only does she get humiliated by her again, 
But Katana's like, one day, sister, you'll see. We can be friends. I don't know if in, in all of your Mortal Kombat conversations you've come across the <laughs> the parallels between the Shira mythology and oh, man. Katana. I haven't storyline. thought about it at all. So basically, like Shira, her real name's Adora. She's brainwashed by the bad guy mm-hmm. to become his like head military honcho, and then she determines she's she realizes her true identity is with these good sparkly people in this other place, and so she switches sides to. Oh my god! <laughs> Does she have an evil twin? No, she has a brother, He Man, but right, you know, different realms. Sure. Certainly. Wow. Yeah. That is like strikingly similar though. So I guess you could say that She-Ra is a blatant ripoff of of Mortal Kombat. I mean, maybe. Hmm. You know. That's disappointing. Just a thought. uh, A question I had. I mean, uh, answer, I don't know. But yeah, I think they probably ripped it off. It seems seems clear. She also um, has this, one of my favorite characters in the She-Ra world is this um, female character named Katra. Oh yeah. Who is like. The cat lady. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but she's like kind of cool. She's like the Melina of Shira, Whoa. where she's technically a bad guy, but not. You like her, but I like her. Yeah, um, she's an anti-hero, and she has like the relationship with Shira, like a complicated history with Shira. Mm, right, because they were—I assume they were best friends when they were on the same side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now she's like, "You betrayed me." Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So, uh, Shira. In Shira, the two worlds are Eternia and Etheria, oh, that's which cool. sound a lot like everyone breathes Eden- ether. Denia, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions for the Mortal Kombat writers. Uh, I'm telling you, it, came, it definitely Mortal Kombat came first. <laughs> that's what you said on another show about something else that it seemed yeah, and it similar was to correct then right? too. Yeah, Star Wars, huh. Harry Potter, they all rip off Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Um, it is true though that Mortal Kombat came first, 1982. There's no way Shira came before 1982. Definitely in the same, like definitely the same decade. Decade, but definitely not 85. Yeah. Well, that's the anime. I don't know when. Yeah. The Clearly, the creators of Shira were playing a lot of Mortal Kombat 2, which had come out the year before. They really enjoyed Katana's story. Yeah, it's possible. Mm, and it's they possible. ripped it off. It's ripped possible. it off. Uh, it's weird to have these like echo these like different separate properties echo each right. other in my like it's like volcano and dante's memory. peak and, yeah yeah i can't tell the difference between those two movies at this moment well one is tommy lee jones Vol- volcano. volcano dante's yeah. peak is pierce yeah. brosnan yeah 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 okay yeah I and can't uh or like um what was the deep rising and there was another one was it armageddon armageddon and Deep Rising was a meteor movie, right? Is that the name no, of wait. it? No, wait, that's sorry. not the name of Deep it. Deep Rising is the Stephen Sudden Summers Impact. movie. Sudden Impact. Yes, Sudden Impact. Right? In no, 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 no. That's the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> Deep, Deep Impact. It's Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Deep Rising right. is a really that's awesome right. Stephen Summers movie where a bunch of criminals try to rob a cruise ship and then a sea monster attacks it. I'd watch that. It is the coolest movie. I... I love it so much. Deep Rising rules. Um, but yeah, Deep Im- Not Deep Impact. Deep, deep, deep Impact. Deep Impact, yes. Is and the, me- is the, is the yeah. meteor movie. And mm-hmm. then Double Impact is the 
Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? The twins. The yes, movie. the twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We figured it out. We, we figured it. it out. We did it. Movie people. Um, <laughs> so, Melina gets locked up. Katana's like, sister, I will redeem you. And then Melina sits in that prison for like years. How how many? Like, I'm like is say, she, did they forget her? No, it's more like there's absolutely no way Melina was ever going to be like, sister, being in jail really changed my mind. I love you now. Um, she's too strong-willed. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, so something else happened instead. She's sitting in that jail. I'm going to say maybe three years pass. Okay. Uh, and then within that time, Shang Tsung, you remember the sorcerer who helped make oh, yeah. uh, Melina? He forms a deadly alliance with Quan Chi, you know, the little sorcerer who met up with her in the nether realm and was like, hey, what's up? What other kind of alliance is there in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it's the only kind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess friendly alliance okay. maybe. Mm-hmm. If uh, mm, certain sure. characters, they got up at, together as buddies, but then they did kill. So, yeah, no, I think Still it's the only kind. Mm-hmm. They were just took the name and ran with it. They were like, we are the deadly alliance. They're like, that's our band name. Um, so they get together and uh, they slaughter pretty much everyone, starting with Shao Kahn who was like barely, you know, he's on his last legs. They go and they murder him. Uh, and then they also kill every single hero in the Mortal Kombat story, including Katana. So Melina is probably like cackling, like, ha that rules. <laughs> She's there in jail. Um, but these events, this deadly alliance going on their like killing spree, uh, lead to the accidental resurrection of this guy called the Dragon King Onaga. He's the, like the old emperor of Outworld, the one that Shao Kahn overthrew like you know, thousands of years ago. He gets resurrected, and what is the first thing that he decides he wants to do? Take over all of the realms. Oh. <laughs> Naturally. He wants to take over also? Yeah, he's like, you know what I want to do? You know what I've got like a hanker in for? First, conquering pizza, realms. then conquering Yeah, he's realms. first off, I've been dead for a long time and I'm starved. Right, right? there's yeah. a lot of things I'd want to do. Well, the very first thing he does is kill the Deadly Alliance and then resurrect all the people they killed and make them his undead army of zombies. There's a lot of um, take backsies. Yeah, there's a lot of death and resurrection. But I will give Mortal Kombat credit in that usually when there is resurrection, there's consequences. Like, for instance, yes, Katana gets resurrected. No, she's not good old Katana again. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. his zombie slave. Mm-hmm. So, Onaga decides uh, that he could use Melina. He goes to Adenia and he frees her from her prison cell and he says, listen, we're not going to tell the Adenian army that Katana's dead. You're going to pretend to be Katana uh, yeah. and you're going to lead the Adenian army because I'm military minded, unlike Shao Kahn and all these other people who were like, kind of smart. We'll, we'll steadily conquer the realms with an iron fist. He was like, no, 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 we're going to use like subterfuge to mm-hmm. conquer the realms. And no one can tell the two women apart right as long as melina's wearing a mask mm-hmm. yeah uh, as long as she's wearing the mask from the mask a ha- uh, question for you how yes. would you, how do you describe melina's unique mouth situation fangs fangs fangy yeah. yeah i mean they're large teeth she yeah. appears to have like a dis- is distended jaw the right word it opens too big like a snake yeah yeah and um and just like dozens like too many teeth that are too long and too sharp. But I like and I I actually don't know if I've heard you go through like people like different characters attack you know unique attacks 
Right. No. But Melina has some interesting ones. She does. And most of them involve seduction and then cannibalism. Or like, didn't she like jump on people and then go. Yeah. Her like, probably her most iconic move is jumping onto people, straddling them and then taking a big old bite out of their like neck. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that Melina doesn't just kill people. She kills and eats them. She has some of the most disgusting fatalities in Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's right. And there's one where she like claws a person into and then eats their insides. Yeah, she claws at their torso while they Mm -hmm. try to crawl away until just the top half of their body like crawls away and then bleeds out and Mm -hmm. while watching her eat their organs. I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, it's gruesome. It's cool. Well, everybody, all the other regular people have like regular things. Yeah, they're like cut people's heads off or tear your head off Mm -hmm. or, you know. Yeah, Melina doesn't waste any part. Yeah, she's like, I can get nutrition from this. <laughs> yeah, that that and like she fights with size. That's like her yeah. other thing. Yeah, size were always because of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and, you know my favorite of the weapons. It makes sense that you're a big mm-hmm. Melina fan. Then mm-hmm. she's a, a a cool hot monster with a couple of size. <laughs> I will say the hot part always did bother me because there's weird. like in the game too. Like whenever she would win, sometimes she would do like a gross sexy wiggle yeah clearly that's not for her well it always has a weird vibe of like it's not about her 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 being like a seductress never seems to be about like her pleasure Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it seems to be about using it as a weapon and so it mostly just makes me sad for her yeah (laughs) because she just doesn't she just doesn't have a normal like life she doesn't doesn't have have any kind of normalcy in any part of her life yeah although i will say we will get to a point where melina gets laid and uh it seems like a healthy thing for about five seconds before it's not okay sorry sorry we were at the dragon Dragon yeah we were at the dragon king onaga Mm -hmm. he frees melina he says hey you're gonna take charge of the edenian army and pretend to be katana and help me conquer the other realms Mm -hmm. and like sneak attacks because people trust edenia she's like sounds good um but Melina is Melina. She's like, yeah, fuck that. You just gave me an army, idiot. I'm going to overthrow you. Back to her ambition. I like that. Yeah, she didn't. She spent three years in jail and was like, nah, back to the grind. Mm-hmm. Got to be the queen or the con, which I guess would be the equivalent of the queen in, in our world. But I like that, you know, as much as men in positions of power see her as a, a tool or a weapon to help them get what they want. When she takes, when she sees the opportunity to get what she wants, that's what happens. Yeah, they get stabbed in the back. So she, she has kind of like a checklist. She's like, I don't need to go conquer Onaga first. Let him weaken everybody else. Her real eyes are on the prize of the throne in Outworld. She's like, I don't even give a shit about Adenia. I'm not from here. I want to rule Outworld. So she takes the Adenian army and she's like, we're going to go storm Shao Kahn's palace. And they're like, isn't it abandoned? And she's like, shut the fuck up. I'm Katana. This is, all right. <laughs> yeah. This is getting a little Game of Thronesy now. It is. Yeah. And it gets like way more Game of Thronesy mm-hmm. later when they definitely started borrowing stuff from Game of Thrones. Um, she gets like a nickname that's straight out of Game of Thrones. So she marches her Edenian army uh, to the ruins of Shao Kahn's palace, which hasn't really been like occupied for a long time. And she takes the throne. She just claims it. But as soon as she does, there's a you know a little knock on the doors of the palace. There's another army coming to take her down because as it turns out, Shao Kahn is not dead. 
Shang Tsung just killed a Shao Kahn clone. Why would you teach a god emperor how to make clones? Who knows how many clones this guy has? How many clone armies are there? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's almost like there's an attack of <laughs> the clones. <laughs> Who would you say is the Jar Jar of Mortal Kombat? I don't know, because like, what is Jar Jar to you? I guess it's kind of a big, <laughs> kind of a big question. It is. I mean, like, who, who is Jar Jar? Um, hmm. Jar Jar. I think that. it's like a Rorschach test. Comic relief that is mostly rejected. Ah, I, I guess see? would be the Jar Jar of it all for me. I would, because when I describe Jar Jar, I would also add, you know, culturally insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does not fit the vibe of anything else. Yeah. Here. Sticks um, out like a sore thumb, culturally insensitive. Mm-hmm. There's a few good candidates for that in Mortal Kombat, I'd say. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll see next season when there's a lot of characters where they like went for it with like, we want to have a Native American character. And everyone's like, um, and it's debatable how good a job they did. Um, I'll say that they try mm-hmm. certainly more than like Street Fighter does. Where Street Fighter's like, all right, so you're this stereotype, and you're this stereotype, and you're this stereotype. I think it was um, Sarah Benincasa who mm-hmm. was on your show and pointed out the, the Orientalism that yeah. runs rampant throughout all of the lore. It's the backbone. The movies, the games, yeah. all, all of it. And I was really actually really glad that she pointed that out. Mm-hmm. It's It's... Nice that when you have a reappraisal of something like Mortal Kombat, that is part of the conversation. Yeah. And it's a part of it that I struggle with too, because like on the one hand, it's cool to see like Asian-y stuff represented mm-hmm. in a pop cultural product that's so, you know, reaches so wide. Um, but it matters how that yeah. is presented. And that's how I feel about a lot of things in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it definitely feels very much like it's a branch off the tree of like Big Trouble in Little China where it is mm-hmm. very like cartoonish orientalism that they on the back end of it like added depth and story to, but certainly from the beginning it was like, "Hey, what are those hats?" Yeah, we put one of them mm-hmm, on Raiden. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, you know, I mean there's definitely like several characters where a lot of their action is clearly like a geisha thing that they're reaching for, like Ugh. Katana's fans. And... Yeah, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. But that's why I also like picking Melina is such an interesting character to talk about because there's so many problematic things about her. Um, and you can, I mean, they're so obvious. I feel like mm-hmm. you almost don't even need to talk about it because like it's obvious, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, but there's so much more to her that can be found or could have been in her character if, you know, they tried. Well, it's odd is like if I were to just tell this story and you never saw a picture of Melina or if this was all Mm -hmm. like part of a book, you would never know she was a sexual character because it's not part of her story at all. Yeah, And that's, I would say that a lot of the like, that's that expands into the like orientalism and stuff it's like it's really not ever a part of the story it's just like unfortunately the like look and the stuff they borrowed for the mythology and the setting um yeah it's strange 
I'm really curious about the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. R-rated, we'll right? It's it's definitely an R-rated. R-rated. Yeah, they said there will be fatalities. They've confirmed some characters. Melina's in it. Katana's not, or at least has not been announced. Um, Good. It seems like they're taking some swings. I'm interested. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. I interrupted the the lore telling. Oh, that's the whole show. I'm so sorry. It's important. If it was just me talking, it would not be enjoyable. This is like <laughs> this show is like the Princess Bride. Yeah, and it is. you're you're tucking us all into bed, telling us. Yeah, I'm I'm Grandpa Princess Bride. Monstrous bedtime story. Once upon a time, <laughs> there was an almost princess named Melina. <laughs> oh, she loved that? eating organs. <laughs> Uh, so when last we saw Melina, mm. she got her army. She marched it up to Outworld. What? She took over Shao Kahn's palace only to find out Shao Kahn still alive because surprise, he wasn't murdered. His clone was someone should have called that one. Um, he obviously it appears that Katana marched the Adanian army in there. So he doesn't right. realize it's Melina. So he storms in there. She's like trying to have her uh, mages cast defensive spells and and protect the palace, but Shao Kahn is extreme. He's literally a god, so he manages to get through the doors and all the way into the throne room. And he's about to kill Melina, thinking she is Katana, um, when she realizes what the situation is and just murders her own guards and bows and reveals herself as Melina. And Shao Kahn is like, oh. Cool. Okay, so you're back on my side. Great, and I'm sure it kind of sucked for Melina because it was such a build up to finally getting to have the oh, throne. That totally sucks. And then Shao Kahn showed up and was like, "I'm still your fucking dad, right? And you can't, you can't stand up to me." And she's like, "You're right." And she she decides to survive instead in the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's kind of Melina. She makes a smart choice in the moment and <sighs> waits for the long payoff later. So uh, Shao Kahn says to Melina, "All right, so obviously we got a real shit show on our hands." This Onaga guys march around out there. I don't know what's going on with who's alive, who's a zombie. It's a mess. First things first, we got to get on Onaga's good side because I'm not strong enough to kill that guy again, and you're certainly not strong enough to take him. She's like, what the fuck? So he goes, here's what we got to do. There's this guy named Shujinko. Shujinko uh, is the key to defeating Onaga because he's the person who resurrected Onaga. He's like some guy Onaga's been manipulating from beyond the afterlife since like his childhood so it's got to be this guy who kills onaga so we need to go get shujinko and then make him kill onaga uh that's like step one so he's like melina go capture where are they gonna find him i don't know how exactly i mean melina's scrappy she just did she found shujinko is it like sliders i actually yeah it's just like sliders uh i would actually love to know how many people listening to the show know, remember sliders or no sliders i'm sorry are there people who don't know sliders i don't know i feel like it doesn't have a lot of cultural impact <gasps> i used to watch it so religiously i watched it because oh i used to watch x-files with my mm-hmm. mom and my stepdad mm-hmm. and then my teacher said ben's imagination is too dark you need <laughs> to not let him watch wrestling or x-files and um so they I got cut off. Obviously, I was a kid who was allowed to watch whatever I wanted and then suddenly not. So I got cut off on Wrestling and X-Files, but I could watch Sliders. Wait, wait, wait. Question. Um, wrestling? What era wrestling? Attitude era. 
Oh, well, that explains a lot. Yeah, don't think it stopped me. I definitely that was kept a dark, watching That it. was a dark era of wrestling. It was. You got mm-hmm. Kane, Undertaker. There's a lot of like dark, demonic stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Look, Women were not treated so well. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it all worked out. Look at me, I'm fine. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I turned you're it fine. into my dark imagination <laughs> is, my, is how I pay my bills. Wait, so you were a kid and, you, and your parents were like, no more wrestling, Ben. Yeah. It's messing you up. My mom was like, your teacher specifically said, you, I have to tell you not to watch wrestling. Were you like doing wrestle moves in class? No, I was telling, I was having trouble sleeping. That was true. I had nightmares hmm. and I would come into class and tell really scary stories to kids that I made up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. What would give you nightmares from wrestling? I don't think my nightmares came from wrestling. Oh, okay. I think my nightmares came from like changing the channels and coming across like child's play or like yeah, yeah. on Elm street and not yeah. having the full picture. Yeah. So in my imagination, making a much scarier, right. Cause you see the up. terrifying images and you, you just see the image. Understand. You don't get the story. Yeah, totally. And I was very much, I mean, obviously I'm very much like, I need the story to like contextualize mm-hmm. something. So I think that was probably, I like filled in the blanks in a very disturbing way in my own child brain. Well, the reason I like that wrestling is involved in this story and this episode is because, um, the character, the wrestler in wrestling that I feel like would fit in in Mortal Kombat is Undertaker. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think there are a bunch of people that would fit in because as Mortal Kombat shows us, like eventually you get to characters who are just like cops <laughs> and and just like people who just get pulled into the story. So I feel like, hey, you know, Johnny Cage is a movie star. Right. Like there's a lot of wrestlers that could, that could get pulled in. Yeah. Um, I will say this is very much an aside, but much later in life, I got to work with my favorite wrestler from when I was uh, no longer allowed to watch wrestling, uh, Diamond Dallas Page. You did? Yeah. When I, oh yeah, when I worked at uh, Nerdist, the very first video I got to do was with Diamond Dallas Page when he launched his yoga Yeah, DDP uh, company, yoga. Which is still my workout. It's how I got in shape for my wedding. Stop it. Not Are kidding. you serious? And I still do it all the time. DDP yoga worked for you ddp yoga worked great for me because it's it's yoga and tai chi mixed together so you get really flexible but also you get strong so you lose weight really fast and you just start looking good really fast um i love that and he's like super nice and cool and all of the when you watch the workout videos it's always him and then people who are success stories from the program Mm-hmm. so it's like it's real nice. people you know, it's who like went, yeah it's like a vet who was like injured and like the program helped him get back into shape or like just like a mom who just wanted to like feel good again like it's awesome i love that i That's love great. it there's a really good app you can subscribe <laughs> I, I will do a free ad for ddp shout yoga. out ddp come on this podcast anytime oh, you want dally anytime you want to come on the show uh i would love to have you i do still have his number i could text him at any time he does sign all of his texts diamond emoji scissors emoji the diamond cutter. Amazing. Yeah. I um, met him at a WrestleMania once. Isn't he the nicest he person so in the world? Nice. He's the nicest man in the world. <laughs> he just lives in Atlanta and he calls up his old wrestling buddies who've been injured and like And he's like, come, a lot of come have... try out yoga. Try out my program. He, did, he has yeah. a house where they're allowed to come like yeah. do rehab with him. Yeah. Gets them back on their feet. It's beautiful. It's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Um, that's a real sidebar. <laughs> the DDP of the Mortal Kombat franchise, Shujinko. Uh, he just got kidnapped by Melina, and uh, she, you know, has Shujinko in her hands. She has the weapon she needs to kill Onaga, and um, now that Melina's tasted real power, she's felt like the leader in Edenia. She briefly had the throne in Outworld. Mm-hmm. She's like... She certainly had enough 
with all these other people usurping her. She has, and she's like, these wars, Shao Kahn's quest to conquer the realms, Onaga's quest to conquer the realms, they're bullshit. Who cares? I'm going to take over my own place. I just need somewhere where I can rule, but I'm done with these stupid like arguments Good. between people over who rules what. So she says, I'm ditching Shao Kahn. I'm not finishing this mission at all. I'm going to go back to Adenia, which is pretty much open right now, and I'm going to conquer it during this shaky political era where there's all these different factions. But before she even makes it to the throne room in Adenia, as soon as she gets to Adenia, she comes across this demigod, this guy who's like half god, half Adenia, and this guy named Taven. Uh-oh. Can we trust Taven? Yeah, they, he's a nice dude. They get into like a little scuffle, but ultimately what comes out of it is that she finds out that there's a prophecy that he's a part of. Um, the prophecy states that there's a pyramid that's going to raise out of the ground in Adenia. The pyramid of Argus, who was the god that used to rule over Adenia, like the Raiden, like the Shao Kahn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, At the top of this pyramid, there's going to be an elemental, a giant fire god named Blaze. And the prophecy states that whoever gets to the top of this pyramid, who kills Blaze, is going to attain godlike power, pretty much the power of the one being. So like beyond a god, beyond an elder god, you're going to become the most powerful anything in the known universe, in all the realms. I know where this is going. Yeah, so Melina is like, you know, she's an ambitious person. She's like, I'm going to this fucking pyramid. She gets there and everyone who's ever existed in Mortal Kombat is at the foot of this pyramid. There's a massive war. Uh, And she runs up the pyramid. She fights Katana, who's now been resurrected. She fights Shang Tsung. Um, I think I remember this. The person who kills her. I'm actually not sure, so I'd love to hear. Yeah. I thought, well, I, looking back, I had a hard time have, figuring like, a it out. Visual in my head of the pyramid and just strewn with bodies. I will say this is, yeah, she's she gets pretty close to the top yeah. of the pyramid before she dies. Doesn't her dad? No, oh, okay. I don't think so. Okay. Well, it's possible. It's undecided. So basically, they get to this pyramid. The pyramid rises up out of the ground. Blaze rises up the top of the pyramid. Striker, that like cop I mentioned earlier, <laughs> immediately punches sucker punches oh, Melina yes. in the face. Knocks her to the ground. I remember that too. Yeah, and runs up the pyramid. Melina makes it back up. She jumps on Shang Tsung's back. She's like biting him. He throws her off. And somewhere in there, she dies. Yeah. Actually, everyone dies. The only people to make it even to the top of the pyramid are Shao Kahn and Raiden. You know, the two gods that are kind of remaining. Shao Kahn kills Blaze. He attains the power of the one being. He's the most powerful being in the universe. He's about to kill Raiden. When Raiden does his saving throw, he... Uh, grabs his little amulet on his chest and he sends a message mm-hmm. to himself back in time and that message is he must win which is way too vague and creates a huge problem so in that vague. we loop back to Mortal Kombat 1 the first like tournament that happened in Outworld uh, sorry in, in Earthrealm the 10th tournament that happened in Earthrealm uh, we go all the way back to like Mortal Kombat 1 canon and now everything starts changing because Raiden's just trying to decipher what he must win means Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. starts making choices that have a a, a real butterfly effect, like in the film, The Butterfly Effect. I like, um, I did not like the film Butterfly Effect. Have you seen the alternate ending? No, it gave me nightmares. Um, Um, Also, my mom (laughs) caught me sneaking into that one. I told her I was seeing something that wasn't rated R and then I went and saw Butterfly Effect and when I came out, she was waiting in the lobby. No way. It's the only time that ever happened. And she was like, what movie did you see? And I was like, uh... Let's see, what, what was out at that time that was like PG-13? It might have been like I Spy with like Owen oh, Wilson and Eddie Murphy. Um, I like the introduction of prophecies in time travel. Yeah. It shakes it up. It does. It really shakes. I mean, Mortal Kombat keeps throwing curveballs. It gives you a lot more like storytelling avenues to, yeah. to run down. And it's kind of interesting in that like it's only sort of time travel, 
time travel is interesting in Mortal Kombat because it doesn't seem like there are alternate realities. It seems like there's one straight line and then that line keeps getting overwritten. So I think it's, it's not like Raiden traveled back in time. It's like a message went back in time and now everything I said of Melina no longer exists. Now there's a new path that's being tread, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's made all the more interesting by what we already know about Molina. It's, it's made more interesting because of what we know could happen and then how things go differently. And I'd say that Molina is actually the person whose life probably changes the most of go on. everyone. <laughs> um, uh, that might not be true. Some crazy shit happens to Katana, but so new timeline. Uh, and in this timeline, a lot of stuff changes. One of the main things that changes is that Molina is created much later in katana's life katana is like a full-grown adult um who's already fought in one mortal Kombat tournament when she happens to amble on down to the flesh pits and sees melina yeah she sees melina on like um a gurney having like just been awakened oh i remember this it's horrifying because there's something that's sad kind of sad that happens when they meet yeah she immediately looks at katana and says sister come closer and katana goes you're a monstrosity it's so mean yeah why is katana such a mean girl i mean i ask you it is interesting because it's like one of the scariest things i can imagine would be if you were like if you walked into like your house one day yeah. and saw a version of yourself that yeah, had yeah. like giant fangs but if that if it look you have no siblings no maybe you always wanted a sister yeah here you go the first thing you say it. is you're an ugly monster face. You're a monstrosity. I mean, come on. Yeah. Didn't now, have to be that way is all I'm saying. It is needlessly cruel. Mm-hmm. So suffice to say they immediately fight. Uh, and I get it. And Katana wins, but she doesn't kill Melina. She's just like, I'm going to go tell Shao Kahn off. This is horrifying. Or actually, I think she's like, I'm going to tell Shao Kahn that there's clones of me down here. Shang Tsung's probably behind it. She doesn't even put two and two together. God, Katana's so dumb. She's dumb as a rock. And so Katana goes and tells Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn is like, jig is up. Yeah. Yeah, you're not from here. You're from Adenia. Uh, you're she Yeah, you're she If you're familiar with this other program, she I don't She-Ra. know if you've seen she Katana. <laughs> I, I know I put parental locks on the TV, so I don't know if you saw it. Um, yeah, he imprisons Katana and is like, Melina's officially my daughter. <laughs> he says that out loud. He's like, she's my daughter now. now it is masterful forever. parental manipulation. It is. It's messed up. Yeah. He clearly uh, needed some daddy lessons. So this is a really good soap opera. It is, so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's all Mortal Kombat is. It's also all wrestling is. Clearly, I was wrestling born into soap, soap operas. Yes. Um, uh, this is this is all wrestling. This yeah. This is all. Um, you know, I wish that actual soap operas were more like Mortal Kombat. The only one weird one that ever existed in my timeline, uh, in Dark my Shadows? life, was Passions. Oh, passions? passions has like psychics and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like crazy stuff, and then they cancel it. Did they have monsters? They had like like supernatural Whoa. things happen. Okay. Yeah. I I um I did eventually go back and check out Dark Shadows, which is more like far before either of our times. Yeah. But they had monsters, and I liked that. That's true. They had Draculas. They had Wolfman's. They got, they had, they had, um, I mean, my, my only experience with Dark Shadows is the movie. Oh, the feature film. I rewatched that movie recently because mm-hmm. I was like, that, that's one of those movies that feels like it doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Like we all made it up because it was like, they 
did what? They were like, first off, who won? Why? Mm-hmm. What? So I went back and rewatched it, and it is no less surreal now than it was in like 2012 when it came out. It 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 works for a while. It's fascinating, yeah. For like a chunk of time, the movie works really well, and then it just like really just falls apart. Um, what a strange movie. It is, and it, I mean, big budget studio movie. Huge yeah. budget. It yeah. looks expensive. A lot went into it. It's got action scenes. Yeah. It's got horror stuff. Okay, so. Back to Melina. <laughs> oh yeah, Melina. Yes. Uh, so Melina is born much later. She's mm-hmm. discovered by Katana. Katana gets left up. Melina is named Shao Kahn's true daughter. Um, and as soon as that happens, he, he's like, "All right, well, no reason to hide you anymore. I'm going to just start sending you out on missions for me. Um, pretty much missions that are just designed around like kneecapping Earthrealm uh, in any way he can, because he's still on this mission of conquering Earthrealm." Mm-hmm. So uh, she's going out on all these missions and they f- lose at the Earthrealm tournament and then they're having the Outworld tournament when he insists on doing that do-over. You know, in the original timeline, this is when she first encountered Katana. Um, but in this timeline, during that Outworld tournament, he is seemingly killed by Liu Kang. Liu Kang uh, literally punches his directly through Shao Kahn's chest. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, he, he dead. So Shao Kahn Sounds like Rikio. It's very Rikio. Yeah. Rikio straight up ripped off Mortal Kombat 9, oh, which Rikio. came out in 2011. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, man, I haven't watched Rikio in a while. I'll have to, I'll have to check it one out again. It kind of lives in your heart, doesn't it? Does. It does. Yeah. yeah. It lives in my exploding <laughs> heart. Um, so Shao Kahn's court gathers together to be like, who's the new emperor of Outworld? we got to figure this one out. And um, someone, I believe Baraka, who is a Tarkatan, says Melina is the rightful heir. She is his daughter. He That's said it right. himself. That's right. And uh, Melina really likes that idea. But before she can say, like, damn fucking right I am, Shao Kahn walks in. He's <sighs> been healed. I think it was by Quan Chi, that sorcerer from the Netherrealm. Mm-hmm. He's been healed, and he's like, I'm fine. And Melina's immediately like, all right, and like bows to him again. She's like, just kidding. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, my emperor, we weren't talking about how to replace you. And so Shao Kahn shows up and he's like, new plan, fuck the tournament. Uh, I'm going to lead an invasion of Earthrealm. We're just going to go for it. And uh, Melina's like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll help. So Melina goes to like New York City (laughs) where the invasion is really kicking off. You know, dragons and half dragon people and centaurs and cyborgs are storming through the streets. And Melina's like with them, like, this is my army. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of centaurs in Outworld. It's like, like a whole that. thing. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Melina's just like in this very Sweet. exciting new place. You yeah. know, maybe she She's wants to a catch a show. She's got a new job. Uh, and in this invasion, you know, Melina acquits herself well. Uh, she fights a bunch of people. She fights some cops. Uh, but in the end, Shao Kahn is ultimately defeated, uh, like permanently. Like the Elder Gods cart him off to be for real dead forever. Mm. And a power vacuum is created in Outworld, and who was the last person mentioned as a potential heir? Melina. Melina. Melina becomes the queen of Outworld. She Good. becomes Melina Khan. And uh, there's a title in Outworld. Mm-hmm. So for years, Melina rules Outworld with an iron fist. Do you think she's happy? Uh, I think she's happy to a fault because she is quickly dubbed the Mad Empress by the people of Outworld. And is known to be crueler than Shao Kahn ever was. 
and crueler literally than the person who sapped the entire dimension of its natural resources and turned it into a wasteland. But okay, is that reputation earned? How do we know for a fact? Or yeah, okay. Because you know, I don't know. Yes, people are certainly. I mean, when it comes to leadership gonna be harder on a woman <laughs> yeah and history is written by men yes um this is why we have all these biopics about uh female monarchs now Mm-hmm. many i mean correcting history i will say that she is inarguably not half as uh as evil as shao khan was okay. She's okay. being she's being terrible to the people of our world she's destroying villages for fun to the extent that people from Outworld are leaving to go to Earthrealm as refugees and there are like huge oh. interdimensional refugee camps in Earthrealm. Yeah. But I bad. don't know that that's quite as bad as like literally uh, like holocausting the environment, which is what Shao Kahn did. So I don't know. You're it's right. it's hard it's to hard say. It's hard to compare. He created famine and drought and conscripted everyone into his armies and, and pitted them against each other for his favor. And constantly was warmongering. And constantly was yeah. warmongering. Yeah. She only concerned herself with the affairs of her own realm, but was just going around like slaughtering people for fun. She was more, I guess I'd say, yeah. she was more of a Joffrey. Mm-hmm. Whereas he was like, I don't know that there is a fascist leader who got quite as far as Shao Kahn did. So okay. yeah, I'm going to say not as bad. I'm not going to go ahead and say that she, you know... Was a was a good guy. Not great. Yeah. yeah. One story in particular that gets a pin put in it a lot is that she there was a Kaitin, which is like a bug people from Outworld. Uh, there was one of them named Devora, who was part of the sort of the like royal court that uh, Melina had. In front of the rest of the court, she said, "Kneel down and kiss my boot," and Devora did it. And then she kicked Devora in the face and said, "Ha ha ha! You're my servant. I can do whatever I want." All right. So Melina was like power tripping pretty bad. Yeah, she was. Um. And because of that, eventually her own court uh, overthrows her. I get it. Yeah. A former general of Shao Kahn's, this guy named Kotal, who like wasn't a big part of the story before, kind of in the background. And mostly I think because he was like kind of a decent guy, uh, he becomes the new Khan. He becomes Kotal Khan and he immediately orders that Melina be imprisoned. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Some I... Some rando... It's not the life I wanted for her. Yeah. You know? Well, it's not the end. So she uh, she gets freed by some of her loyalists. There are not that many, but there are some. Uh, namely, Tanya in this timeline, still a traitor nice. to Edenia. Nice. Uh, Rain, another traitor from Edenia. And this guy named Rico, who didn't have a large role in the original timeline, um, but in this timeline, he takes on a very central role in Melina's life. Rico is uh he's a very mysterious guy it's hard to say where he's from what his intentions are Mm. but uh he melina and the rest of the rebels they go into hiding for 10 years they have this like sort of secret rebel camp in outworld where they're trying to plan uh how they're going to overthrow kotal and in that time melina and rico begin an affair he becomes her lover Mm -hmm. um she's still in charge but he's very much her closest advisor and her lover, and unfortunately, he's a very manipulative person. I was about to say, but he can't be trusted. Of course. He has ulterior motives. Uh, he's selfish. So together, Rico and Melina, they wage this lengthy war against Kotal Khan. There are a lot of ups, a lot of downs. 
Um, you know, they recruit the help of this secretive clan called the Red Dragon that are basically the Illuminati of the Mortal Kombat universe. They get the help of Goro, who's like a half-dragon. Shokan, this big four-armed guy. Question for you. Uh-huh. What... Um, where does this part of the lore manifest? This is the comics that came before Mortal Ah, Kombat 10. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Cool. That's where we're at right now. Nice. Melina kind of took a like real starring role in that series, so she gets a lot of story in it. Yeah. Because it kind of fills in how she became the Empress of Outworld, which is where you kind of drop in in the 10th Mortal Kombat game. It's Mm -hmm. like 20 years later, she's the queen. (laughs) You're like, oh, okay. I like that because it gives her a lot more to do. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like... A new dimension. You get to see her um, really use strategy because this is a war of, like, attrition. Like, she's taking steps towards conquering Kotal It's not just, like, marching an army to his door mm-hmm. and saying, mine now. Like, mm-hmm. she's... There's already been a coup d'etat, and now she's trying to, like, fight back against it. So her storyline gets a lot more interesting once her father figure... Is out of the picture. Is out of the picture. Yeah. It really does. Um, so yeah, so they have like these ups, they get like the Illuminati on their side. They have all this cool technology and like weapons and stuff and they get Goro and the Shokan. But then there's downs to like the Kotalkan cuts off all four of Goro's arms and defeats the Shokan very easily. He burns down Melina's HQ that she's been using as like her palace. Eventually, uh, Melina's like, I don't know what to do. We're like really on the ropes here. Where's Rico? And she finds out that Rico has abandoned uh, her completely. He's run off to Shang Tsung's island, which has been abandoned for like decades at this point. He's teamed up with someone from another realm called the Chaos Realm, this guy named Havoc, who's an insane cleric who just uses blood magic and is extremely dangerous and psychotic. So he and Rico have like buddied up. He's made all these promises to Rico about making him a god if he'll just use the uh, resources that he's attained by being by Melina's side to do so. It's a whole complicated thing. Melina kind of like only finds out the tip of the iceberg that, that she's been betrayed. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I remember Havoc. He was that weird cleric that Rico kept around all the time. I'm not religious, so I didn't care. I let him have his thing. And uh, it came back to bite me. I'm sad for Melina. Yeah, so she finds out he's off on Shang Tsung's island doing blood magic with his friends and plotting to betray her. That's what always happens, am I right? I know. It's like they say they're going out for like to see the game, sports night or whatever, and they're doing blood magic. With their buddies. With their buddies. On the island. It's like, babe, just my college friends. Like, we never get together. <laughs> and we're just going to go do some blood magic on Shang Tsung's island. <laughs> it's just like, can you just like be cool and just like let me hang out with Havoc? Yeah. When Melina never finds love. Yeah, the one time she does, he's just obsessed with being a blood god. So she she gets she goes to Shang Tsung's island, and when she arrives there, she sees another fleet of boats arriving. It's Kotal Khan's army. He had gotten information about like Rico doing blood magic, and so he shows up there too. And they're in the middle of this huge three-way battle. It's like the mm-hmm. forces that mm-hmm. are aligned with Rico, with Melina, with Kotal. And Kotal and Melina actually wind up working together. Because Rico is a much bigger threat. He's using blood magic, which is very dangerous. It drives you insane when you use it. It, It's literally using people's blood. Um, So you need a lot of bodies to do that. It's a very genocidal form of magic. So they actually wind up working together. Um, This has now become like Game of Thrones meets Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Yeah, it has. (laughs) 
I mean, it's just like crazy fantasy at this point. Yeah, this is the most. Fantasy, this yeah. is the most they've ever developed like Outworlds. Once they got to this part, and they were like, "Oh shit, we have all these cool environments, all these cool like people yeah. and monsters. Like, let's come up with and um, new characters. Yeah, let's come up with like a political yeah. struggle we can put them in. That's interesting. So, um, they do get there. They do defeat Rico, but then Havoc shows up. He's extremely powerful. I mean, he's from a realm that we don't really know anyone else from the Chaos, Chaos. Realm. It's like an unknowable uh, magic. That's a good name for a realm. Chaos Realm? Yeah, it rules. Unfortunately, it also has the super lame Order Realm that came with it, <laughs> where everyone's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it sucks. <laughs> so um, so they Havoc shows up and immediately like captures Kotal and captures Melina and starts using Melina's blood to resurrect Rico no. and turn him into a blood god. Well, men never stop just leeching off of Melina. Literally leeching at this point. Um, unfortunately, that was... or Unfortunately, fortunately, who could say? It was also one of Havoc's crazy tricks. He turns Rico into the blood god, but he gives him too much blood. It's too much power for Rico to handle, and Rico explodes. <laughs> and then Havoc gets what he really wanted this whole time, which he was... explodes? Yeah. From too much blood? Too much blood. Not from, like... He drank so much his belly got too full, but like it was too much ma- blood magic. For him he to could handle. not handle it. Yeah. He explodes. And so uh, Havoc then gets what he really wanted, which is something that Rico has been holding on to this entire time. Shinnok's amulet. It's an amulet that Shinnok in this timeline is literally trapped inside. And Havoc just wants it because it's very powerful magic. It's like an amulet where you can literally like blast Elder God magic Wait, at people. Was, was Shinnok's amulet like inside of Rico's stomach or something? Now, I recall it being like a necklace he was wearing, but Just it is odd it that he needed to blow him up. Wow. Listen, Chaos Realm, it doesn't need to make sense. It's the whole name of the game is going to be the easiest sense. route it's that they take. Chaos. Yeah, um, so, as soon as Havoc gets the amulet, uh, chaos ensues. There's a huge does, war between Havoc's people. Does chaos reign? Chaos reigns. <laughs> Oh man, I that that line from Antichrist has become like the thing I think I've quoted the most since a movie came out. Like I, because here's the thing: when you're in this, we work in the dumbest business in the world, where chaos absolutely reigns. Uh-huh. So I feel like every day I have a reason to trot it out and just shrug, and be like, oh, chaos reigns. I guess. All right, sure. Why not? Um, chaos does reign. Uh, yes, yes. There's a massive, insane brawl, and amidst the chaos, Melina snatches up that amulet and pretty much ditches any of her allies that are left there uh, and we, gets the we've hell. We've come to expect that from Melina. And honestly, now. like, fair. Every man for himself at this yeah. point. And so she gets the hell out of there. She retreats back to Outworld with Shinnok's amulet. She meets up with the few allies that she has left, and they're just like, let's plan. Let's plan to figure out how we're going to take out Outworld. So sometime later, Havoc's been dealt with. Kotal Khan has retaken his throne. Melina's like kind of in the background trying to figure out how to overthrow him. And she finally takes a swing. She makes an assassination attempt uh, using Sh- uh, using Shinnok's amulet, uh, the one he's trapped in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the assassination attempt goes awry and she fails. And even using the amulet actually weakens her because it is, I mean, it's elder god power. It's like using it is extremely mm. draining. And so she and her remaining rebels have to run away to their camp, but they got sloppy. She underestimated the power of that amulet. They're easily tracked back to the camp. And Kotal Khan sends Devora, who you'll remember mm-hmm. me mentioning, someone that Melina really slighted, 
to go track her back to the camp. And so in her weakened state, Melina is very easily defeated by Devorah. She's brought back before Kotalkan for judgment. And Kotalkan says, Devorah, uh, I will let you uh, dish out the punishment. I say that Melina needs to be executed. It's the only <gasps> way. I mean, she's no. tried to overthrow me so many times. I'm, I know better than to lock her up. It's the only way to deal with her. And so Devorah executes Melina in the most gross way anyone, no. I think, dies in Mortal Kombat. She gives her a deep kiss in which bugs come crawling out of Devorah's throat and into Melina's body and oh, eat yes, her from that. the inside, and Melina dies. Wait, I remember that. Mm-hmm. This is in Mortal Kombat 10. Is that like one of the famous Mortal Kombat kisses? It is a like death yeah, kiss. I'd say so. I'd say it's up there for sure. Yeah. But that is Melina's story up to this point. Um, where we stand in Mortal Kombat now. What's that? Uh, oh, I said uh, where we stand uh, in Mortal Kombat now. Uh, Liu Kang and Katana. Um, barely stopped all of time from being erased. It did all get erased. Uh, and now... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> you got the fever. <laughs> you needed to do some combat. <laughs> um, uh, I had to commemorate Melina's death. Melina, Melina's dead, you know? but all of time's been erased, and a new timeline's going oh, to be created. Well. And the people in charge of creating that timeline are Liu Kang and Katana. So I'm going to say it's honestly a 50-50. Um, either we get the Katana that's like, I've had enough fucking Melina. There is no Melina in this timeline. Or or we get the Katana yeah. that's like, I want to, I'm going to give Melina a new path. A shot, yeah. I'm going to give her a version of her life where she is my sister and we do get to work together. And I, I really want to see that. I hope that is what we do get to see in the future for Melina. Yeah. But for now, she's someone who was born into uh, an abusive parental relationship, was created to be uh, different than everyone else Mm -hmm. and to feel grotesque, Mm -hmm. but at the same time to be treated as a sex object. And uh, ultimately that led to her having lofty ambitions um, that at every turn she was just not designed to be able to meet. So a tough road. sad story. Yeah. So tragic. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I yep. think the nature versus nurture part of it is very interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, but while that's it for Melina, time for our final segment, which uh, I'm sure you're familiar with, called Choose Your Destiny, where I ask you, Jen, if you could be anyone in the Mortal Kombat franchise, which realm would you be from? Who would you be? What would you be? What would your fatality be? Who is Jen Yamato in Mortal Kombat? That's a good question. Um, I like the idea of this chaos realm now. Okay. I'm um, I'm curious about it. Sure. You know, it's kind of like when you're deciding, could I live in another city? Mm-hmm. Um, could I envision building a life in, you know, London or, or New York? Or, and, you know, it's going to be different, but maybe you could see yourself there. Um, I would give the chaos realm a shot. Okay. So you're from the chaos realm. And like, what's your deal? Are you a journalist? Um, Do you just write everything in like opposite day hmm. language? Well, you tell me how does the chaos form work? It is pretty hot topic. It's like everything's just the opposite and yeah. everyone's cuckoo crazy. Like, what do you mean by everything's the opposite? Uh, Havoc doesn't have skin. 
Um, oh, people speak like in weird backward speak. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, um, I didn't know that. Um, every all the buildings are like inverted. Everyone's yeah, it's like what would karaoke be like in the chaos realm? Probably uh, everyone gets together for a party and uh, recites really boring speeches. Oh no! <laughs> so chaos realm, as you're saying, is like opposite world. Everything's opposite. Ugh, okay, I don't know about that. Chaos reigns. Um, uh, unless it was like karaoke where everyone comes to karaoke and they have to hear me sing only my songs. I think that could happen. Yeah. So in this world, you are a karaoke starlet where people get together to sing karaoke and then it's never their turn. It's only your turn. There you go. And that's true for everyone in chaos <laughs> realm. Um, and is, do you, do you have a song? What's your like karaoke song in the chaos realm? Because remember, it can't be your karaoke song here. This is the chaos realm. Uh, it can't be this? It could be. But the thing is, I feel like that would be your karaoke song here. It should be. But you're in the <laughs> chaos realm. So, like, what would never be your... What would never be... Your karaoke song oh, if God, there was order. This is like... This is... Okay. Um, that's a really hard question to answer. Because I have a lot of go-to karaoke songs. What would you never choose? <sighs> nothing. There's nothing I would never choose. Okay. Well, I like you? that. So then in this world, in the chaos realm, people go to karaoke to sing with their friends. It's only ever your turn and you go up and don't sing anything. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Look, that you chose chaos terrible. realm. You should have picked a room, a realm yeah. where you get to do what you want to do, but it's well, chaos. Which ones are those? All of the other ones. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Chaos just sounds so fun. It does. It is. <sighs> but I guess if you want like wild, crazy stuff, but not to have to do everything opposite style, mm -hmm. I would just go yeah. to Outworld. Okay, yeah. You got monsters. Outworld. You got acid pools and purple desert. It's like almost always nighttime in Outworld. Too, it does right? feel that way. Sometimes it's like daytime and you're in like, uh, like markets yeah. and there's like dragon beasts walking through oh and see centaurs. that sounds cool yeah okay that's okay so all the karaoke like stuff but there yeah and you do the world combat i mean theme. outworld kj an outworld kj i there love it go. and what's your fatality um a fatality um i deliver it whenever somebody's butchering a song that i love mm -hmm. i don't know how i would do it you got it you got it let's pay. see let's see yeah um i suppose it would have to do with the microphone. Sure. I, well, oh, actually, we didn't even talk about Melina's other kills, which are very inventive and acrobatic. They all involve a lot of yeah, jumping and biting and slashing. She's got like really, she's got like a dancer's movement. She's lithe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose I would just have to like uh, shove a microphone into somebody's beehole. Cool. Oh, skull. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. I'm not shoving that there. <laughs> That's not where right, this is in the chaos microphone realm. goes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so your fatality is you say that was lame and jam the microphone in someone's head. Yeah. That rules. Do you then sing into the microphone? It makes their head explode? Yes. Okay, yes. That's tight. You're much better. This is why you make up the I'm stories. I'm well-practiced. Again, you, it's kind of what I do for a living, but not. That's what you've not. been doing since you were a child. <laughs> it is. It really is. I definitely <laughs> did go to school and lie about fatalities that are not in the game. I was one of the rumor-monger kids. What's um, the best fatality you've ever made up? Dang, I don't know. 
I did. There, I do remember that, like, at one point, a friend told me, like, there's a video game called Total Annihilation where you can do whatever you want. Like, it's totally open. Like, it was before Grand Theft Auto 3 came out, but they were mm-hmm. basically pitching me Grand Theft Auto 3. Mm-hmm. And I was like, could you, like, pick a flower and, like, stick it in someone's eye? <laughs> I don't know why. When I was a little kid, I was like, could you do that? And they were like, yes. And then I told all my other friends that, and it wound up being extremely not true. <laughs> but, um, so that would probably be the best fatality that I inadvertently made up. <laughs> Picking a flower and then sticking it in someone's eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jen. Yeah. Singing would have to, yeah. It was an That's honor. It was an honor to have someone who loves Mortal Kombat so much on the show. Um, I'm Thank so you glad. for having me on this program. Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to make it work. I appreciate that you have been a fan of the show. Um, that always warms my heart. It's a great show. We got a lot of shout outs today. We did. A whole lot. Shout out DDP. Shout out DDP. Shout out Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Shout out Dark Shadows 2012. Shout out Karaoke. Shout out to Karaoke at mm-hmm. large. Jen, uh, where can people find more Jenny Mottos? Is there anything you want to plug you got coming <clears throat> up? Anything exciting? Um, well, you can read my writing at the LA Times. Um, uh, some of my favorite writing there involves hashtag justice for Han. Mm-hmm. So keep that alive, yeah. everyone. Um, and I'm on social media and at Jen Yamato. Hell yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Ben Meckler? Well, you know, I, uh, I still got all the same stuff coming up. I got Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts coming to Netflix, uh, next year. I don't think I'm allowed to say when next year, but very soon. It's a wonderful show. <laughs> and then I'm out with some projects now and hopefully I'll have something to announce. We'll see. One day. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Chaos mortal, Reigns. Mortal podcast. The podcast, the movie? Moral podcast, the podcast, the show, the movie uh, will be coming out soon. I will say that I, I, I do have some exciting Mortal Kombat news coming up soon that I will talk about uh, soon. What? Um, but I, what I am tease. not at liberty to say what yet, but wow. it's pretty cool. You guys are going to like it. You heard it here first. Uh, you did. You, you heard it like here. You, you heard of it here first. <laughs> Um, and you know, you can always find me at Ben Meckler on all the social media platforms. And there is a Twitter account for mortal podcast at mortal underscore podcast. Don't forget the underscore. Um, but, uh, you know, I mostly just post memes and stuff on there, but, uh, yeah, thanks for listening guys. Uh, Jen was wonderful again, having you on the show. And as always, (laughs) finish it.